My name is Chris Little. I am the host of the Lifestyle Chase Podcast. This is Season 5. Alright, so welcome back to the Lifestyle Chase Podcast. And I have been a bit slower this past year as to putting out new episodes. It's been a very busy year. But with that said, I'm very excited to bring back a returning guest, Carrie Doll. <laughs> so some of my audience might not be familiar with you. You're well known in the Edmonton scene and beyond, but a lot of my audience right now is United States based. From my calculations, it looks like 60% of the listeners are from the US. So wow. if you are introducing yourself to someone brand new, how would you go about that? <laughs> well, my name is Carrie Dahl, and I was a longtime television news anchor. I spent uh, 25 years in the business, and I left the industry some eight years ago, started my own company. I'm uh, a podcast host as well, Chris, uh, The Inner Circle with Carrie Dahl. I'm also a public speaking coach. I wrote my own course. And I do a lot of MC work. So those are kind of my superpowers now. And I should also mention, I am wife to Stephen and very proud mother to Kasha and Allegra. That is one of the best intros I've had in a while on the show. <laughs> one of the, the things that I wanted to highlight, first of all, I actually listen to the show. So any of my listeners that are curious about the inner circle with Carrie Dahl, I 100% approve it. Um, contextually, I think it would help a lot of people with their soft skills and just communication, mm -hmm. um, from a professional standpoint, uh, it could very well help people with their speaking skills. So mm -hmm. I just want to like give people their reasons as to why to check out the show. I enjoy it because there's a lot of people that I know of or know, or maybe know nothing about, and it gives me more exposure to different people's life experiences and it allows me to get to know people's story. And it's kind of like uh, outsourcing the question asker. Instead of me having to go and ask the questions, I get to hear you ask the questions. And sometimes uh, you draw out better answers than I'd be able to. So it just makes my life a little bit smoother. I get to uh, diversify my exposure to different life experiences and expertise and ways of like presenting questions. Mm. Well, thank you. That is a beautiful feedback. I appreciate it. I just, I've found over the years that it's kind of, I, I embrace this abundance mindset in the sense that there's room for so many people to be successful. And so mm -hmm. why put walls around yourself and not learn from the people around you when if you did, you'd likely like expedite yourself to reaching your goals. So like as a podcast host myself, I, I, really take a lot of pride and actually listen to a lot of people's shows. Like I probably listen to like eight different people's shows quite regularly. Wow. And I, it just, it helps me to get out of my echo chamber, helps me to get away from my certain biases, like things I might be more inclined to focus on and helps me kind of just improve. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's something that I advocate for everybody to do and hopefully they actually make time to do so. I think it's great advice, especially because we all see the world through a different lens. That's what makes us individuals. And when it comes to questions, we can come at them very differently, even if um, we're of different sexes. I, I might be wanting to know something at the core of an issue that you might see that issue in a very different light and ask a 
a different question from a different perspective. So I agree. We all have a lot, a lot to learn from one another. And I too listen to a number of podcasts as well. So it's, it's important to expand our horizons that way. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to add context to for the audience is the last time you were on the show was May 2019. Unreal. It would have been episode 49 of the show, and <laughs> I have now gotten to a point where I stopped numbering the episodes. Mm. But I think if I was numbering them, we'd be in like the 300s or something. Wow. Good for I, you. There was a few years where I just like foot on the gas and I interviewed as many people as possible, particularly like during all of like the gym closures and stuff. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get better at one skill. <clears throat> like if I can't do something somewhere, I'm going to do something where I can do something. Um, right. If that mumble jumble made sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course. So um, that's where you skyrocketed to 300. Definitely. Like there was, there was weeks where I probably put out uh, seven episodes in a week. Like sometimes I did two a days where I would mm -hmm. interview two people, publish them both. Right. And I was just, what I knew to be true was I was like super saturating my audience with content Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was honing a skill that would help me later on. And that is actually a part of like what has made 2022 a very transformative year for me. Um, so back in 2019, I was mostly training people in person. I was doing a little bit of other stuff, like some social mm -hmm. media stuff and some media stuff. But a lot of my business was reliant on in-person stuff. Um, and then I remember it was February 1st, 2020, there was a grand opening at Lululemon Southgate. And that was at a point where I was like feeling like super nervous, super anxious, just super stressed and almost like burnt out. And the reason I wanted to highlight this was because we crossed paths again, because many Lululemon things, we end up like being the same place, same time. And it was a day when I was like, just so anxious because of something that had just happened to me. I'd had somebody record a phone call with me and I was just rattled. And to be able to talk to you at that event was like, like I really needed that. And I still like oh. kind of remember that now it's kind of like a really like a snapshot moment where I was like, wow, right place, right person, right place, right time. Because I don't think anybody else could have like brought me like, brought my nerves down because you had the experience being in the public eye and what can mm -hmm. happen in those environments. So that was something that, uh, that I needed because otherwise I would have been there and maybe eaten some stuff and had some drinks and enjoyed myself, but I would still feel on edge. So it's mm -hmm. just like our actions and our presence makes a difference even when we don't even know. It really does. Um, thank you again for those kind words. I appreciate them. And I think um, at the there's two observations from a few things you just said that I have. And the first one is it's um, I think the it, whether it's the inner child in us or not, but sometimes um, when when we fall off our path or, or lose focus in our journey, we're, we're craving connection, not attention. And clearly you, you, you were going through a difficult time and you just needed to connect with someone. And, um, I held space that night and, and that connection made a difference for you. So I'm glad that, that I was able to hold space and for you in that capacity, wasn't aware I was doing it at the time. I like you, Chris, I love what you bring, um, to the world through your conversations. And so 
and was thrilled to talk to you that night. So I, th I think that's one of the things that you brought up that struck a chord with me. The other thing is you said that you were putting out a lot of podcasts saying, uh, not to turn the mic back on you. Maybe it's a, a hazard of, of my job. A lot of times I end up asking questions and conversations because I am by nature very curious. But I wonder if, if part of this journey was healing for you, that it's healing for you to turn on the mic and to talk and to have these discussions that perhaps it wasn't so much about the guests, but it was more about your journey. And, Absolutely. You know, and doing that and having these conversations, again, connection. That's what connects us to other people is when we can share our stories. And in doing so, we, we take our relationship to another level. So through these 300 stories, I, I'm going to venture to guess that it was a very, very healing process for you. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. And oftentimes, like, I think I've even admitted it in some past episodes. Um, there would be instances where I was publishing a lot of episodes and people are like, wow, you're really putting out a lot of conversations. And I would say, you know, when you notice that there are more episodes, that's often when I'm coping through something that I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost like calling more people into my circle to kind of just either help me see a perspective through their story or to not feel alone or isolated. Like when we saw each other in February, 2020, we had no idea really what was coming. Like no. that was before all the shenanigans. Like it's insane how much transformation has happened for people over the course of two years. And when you speak about connection and how much we value connection, that has been a big thing for my career like now it's to the point where my biggest uh, flex in my career is the fact that I can <clears throat> connect people and I've had the opportunity to work with my friend Beverly Simpson and connect her podcast with a lot of people and I am now at a point where I work for three different businesses including my own business so four income streams and it's all based on being able to connect people being able to communicate with people. And I would have never thought that was possible, but I don't think I would have honed that skill if not for the pains and adversity of the period of 2020 to 2021 or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a transformative years for so many people, myself included. And, um, you know, I, I, and I, I say this with all due respect for anyone who lost a loved one during that time. Um, I, for us, and when I say us, I mean my husband and I and my, my kids, COVID happened for us, not to us. And it gave us clarity in many, many areas of our life. Um, it Was it difficult? Yes, of course, it was challenging. But um, when we look back on it now, it helped us to simplify our lives and our businesses in ways that we'd hoped to do for years. So it was a gift in many ways for us. And like I said, I say that with, with appropriate respect to anyone who has struggled in a, a, uh, any sort of way or lost loved ones. I mean, I think COVID affected each one of us differently in different mm. ways. And, and, and some, the impact is still going on. And for others, uh, we've moved on. So for me, that was the impact and a lot in my life has changed over those last few years like dramatically 
and but I'm grateful for all the changes that it brought. And I can completely agree with that. Like I was someone who I I ended up attending a few funerals during that time, some virtually, some in person. There was a lot of like you really leaned into emotion during those times. Like it's mm-hmm. almost to the point where it became like uh, like strength training. Like you'd go into this place where you're feeling vulnerable, where you're feeling that life is finite, where we only have so much time. And that's very much a mentality that I've learned to embrace. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of lean into it and you learn to support the people in your community, like whether it be the close family circle, close friend circle, because we learn how much we needed each other. So I'd have tough conversations with my parents, with my friends, with all kinds of different people based on what was happening. And it really, as much as we don't wish these emotional pains on people, uh, I wouldn't be the person that I am if I hadn't gone through them and Mm -hmm. likely wouldn't have had the sense of urgency to work really, really hard to create the life that I have today, if not for those moments where it's like, wow, like we only have so much time, like, let's go, what do we want to do? What do we want to see? Um, That really helped me quite a bit. But uh, let's talk a bit more about maybe some of the changes that you did find that you made, like kind of dig deeper into it for for Mm. you. Well, um, When I look back on it, remarkable. So first of all, I should um, explain that my husband and I together own a company that he started. He is a a serial entrepreneur. It's called the Lexus Group. It's now 15 years old. And what it is is fractional ownership of vacation properties around the world. We also do uh, developments in several areas of the world. We have a division in Tuscany, Italy, where we buy uh, Tuscan ruins and we bring them and restore them to their original glory. We've done several restorations and it is now one of our post-COVID, our busiest divisions. And then we also do uh, different developments. Um, We have a hotel that's being built. It is a Marriott Signature collection that we're developing in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And we're also uh, currently um, working on, the construction has not started yet, but in the final stages of putting together, we're building two um, Four Seasons residences, towers in the countryside in Vegas. So it's busy, but none of this was was, um, underway except Lexus Vacation Properties when COVID hit. And you can imagine being a travel company stopped us in our tracks. And I'm not actively involved in the business every day, but I know everything that's going on. And my husband and I talk about everything and he'll ask for my ideas and my suggestions. So at that time, you know, COVID stopped travel and it's, you know, froze it. And we found ourselves asking, now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Um, In terms of our business, like I said, COVID helped us simplify. There were so many things we wanted to simplify in our business and so many things we wanted to change. And COVID COVID essentially gave us permission to do that because people's habits changed, their lifestyles changed, and we were able to simplify our business in so many ways. So it was a gift and it also caused our US division. We have a a team in uh, Manhattan in New York City working out of their five people. And uh, it just, our U.S. developments exploded. They took off once, you know, COVID hit. There were many parts of of the world in terms of real estate that started to to burst at the seams. And and we were able to kind of 
capitalize on those changes. In terms of Lexus vacation properties, we had to make other changes and we started to buy way more Canadian properties instead of U.S. to serve our largely Canadian base. So all sorts of changes in that aspect. In terms of my business, I have always known because as a journalist, I was a storyteller. That's what I did. Every night at six o'clock when people would tune in to watch my newscast, I told stories. I was a professional storyteller. Stories of uh, that happened in people's communities, in their cities, in their countries, and right around the world. That's what I did as a job. I told the stories, factual stories. So when COVID hit, I also know as being a, a coach that, again, facts tell stories sell and stories are what connect us. And that's what we needed more than anything at that time. And stories connect us in ways that perhaps you don't realize at the time, but so many people were struggling during COVID. And when we could tell their stories and put them out to the world, people started to realize they weren't alone and that they were normal, that people all over the world were struggling. There were, we were all in it together. And so during that time, I launched a, a Facebook private group called The Inner Circle with Carrie Dahl on Facebook. And it was, I, I, it was a subscription base, very, very small fee. And once a week, I would bring on a different guest. And I would do live broadcasts on Facebook. And I would interview the guests. And then the, the, everyone who was watching could, as you know, on Facebook, ask questions in real time. And I had so many guests, so many, a variety of guests and the audience seemed to love it and they responded. But what it was, was an opportunity for people who were struggling to talk about it and to normalize those feelings. And so that was very, very, um, it took off quickly and I did that for about a year. And then I started to notice the numbers slowly going down and it gave me, you know, reason to pause and take a look at what am I doing and is there still an appetite for this? So I was still doing my podcast and that was very important. And of course, my podcast subject matter changed dramatically during COVID to reflect what um, people were going through and what they needed to hear I remember uh, interviewing um, a local Edmonton doctor. This was a funny one. Um, and I knew him uh, quite well. And he, he was very low key at the time and he did have a presence on Twitter. And I'm, I'm not saying this to brag, it's more of an observation, but I just said, you need to put yourself out to the world more. And Chris, you probably know who I'm talking about. I'm not gonna throw his name out there. But I said, your voice needs to be heard. And he came as a guest on my Inner Circle weekly weekly meetings um, and gatherings of our group. And then I did a podcast. Actually, I ended up doing two podcasts with him. And I said, you need to use your voice on Twitter more. People need to hear from you. And at the time, I think he had um, 800 followers. And I checked recently, and I think he was up to 65,000 now. So he had a substantial growth and I knew people would respond to him that way because he is very matter of fact and uh, he doesn't mince words and he's very graceful with his words. So I see you doc and fiercely um, 
plugged in to our world today, but he was one example that I brought on my live Facebook broadcasts and did podcasts with that really exploded during that time. So, so first of all, the Facebook group took off for me and that, like I said, lasted about a year. And then I thought it's time to wrap this up. And I always believe that, that, um, my mom used to telling me, tell me this things come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. She used to say that about friends and you have to decide at the time, um, what, what it is, what category it falls into. And I saw the Facebook group as that it was, it was a reason and a season. And once the numbers really deteriorated people didn't, I felt didn't need it anymore. It served its purpose. And I wrapped it up with a full heart and lots of gratitude and, and gave everybody their money back from the subscriptions who had it. And I said, thank you very much, but this has served its purpose. And all of you have moved on already. And I'm glad that you have but I'm glad that I was able to serve you during the year that you really felt you needed it most. So that was one of the changes. Um, of course, all of my coaching went to virtual and all of my podcasts went to virtual as well. So those were the first few changes um, that happened for me as a business. And then um, the other changes that, that came along is, um, I mean, our, our kids, actually adjusted well to online schooling. The reason they did is my son already goes, he goes to a sports school, it's Vimy Ridge Academy. And that's a, a, all athletes that go there are kids who are interested in sports and they've been set up with Google School for years because many athletes would go and then they would leave the school to go compete, but they had to stay plugged into their studies. So when COVID hit, they were already well equipped with Google School. So my kids didn't find the transition that shocking because they were used to that. And um, so they did okay with it going online. But at the time, and everybody did what they could to survive that time in terms of their businesses. And I will tell you near the, the tail end before travel had really opened up, we needed to go and check in on our developments. Otherwise, I, like they had to survive. They were our livelihood. So we traveled much before anyone was traveling. We had to. We had to get there. It was our livelihood that was at stake and it was for business purposes. So we left the country often. And yes, it was challenging and it was scary at times, um, but we took every precaution that we, pro that we possibly could. But I remember the days of being in, for example, we'd stopped through Phoenix in the Phoenix airport and you could have shot a cannon through that airport and it wouldn't have hit a single person. I think I counted 10 people through the whole airport. So it was interesting looking back on those days and how travel used to be and how much it has changed to what it is now to when the world has now again opened up to people. Um, and then for my business, I'm going to say um, there's a few monumental changes that happened during COVID and at the tail end. For me, I celebrated my 50th birthday. And 50 has been a powerful year for me because I finally feel like I stepped into me. I really, really know who I am. Age has never defined me. It is just a number. And stepping into 50 didn't scare me. It, I embraced it because I just really finally feel comfortable in my own skin. And I got clarity on so many issues in my life that were weighing me down and things that used to cloud my thoughts that no longer do. 
Case in point, right now, Chris, I am sitting here in my office. It's cold. So <laughs> I'm wrapped in a blanket. Um, I just came home from my workout this morning. I worked out and then I took my dog to the dog park and I took my toque off. I went and I made my shake and I don't have any makeup on except I have put some lip gloss on because my lips were dry. And I'm sitting here talking to you. 10 years ago, probably even five years ago, there's no chance I would allow myself to be viewed through video like this because I was so self-conscious. And it was even funny when you said, are you, are you okay if I can use, if I use the video? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm fine. Because I, if people want to judge me, that's their choice to do so. That if, they, if I'm not looking up to snuff in their eyes, I don't own those feelings. They do. And mm -hmm. I've learned to let go of judgment. I just don't care anymore. I am very comfortable in my skin. I don't feel like I need to go and get all fixed up like I used to. There was a day when I was on the news because judgment was so harsh that I would not go to the grocery store unless I was almost TV ready because people would talk and everything would get back to me or they post on Twitter. Oh, I saw Carrie doll shopping and oh, she was doing this or oh, she looked like that or oh, she was buying this. Now I just don't, that's, that's their feelings. They own that. I don't own that. And I don't need to own what they think of me. Never, ever again. I don't, unless I'm doing something wrong to someone. But that's judgment and it doesn't affect me. And so that's one of the ways I've grown in that way where I just, I show up. I will, you, you asked me to come, I'm going to show up for you, but I'm going to show up authentically as me. And today, this is me. I'm having my first meal of the day. I'm cold. I still got my workout uh, stuff on and I'm perfectly happy with that. I like, I'm just, I'm comfortable in my skin. And that's one of the things that 50 gave me clarity on is just stepping into me unapologetically. This is who I am. And so uh, that was an, another big change that 50 year. And finally, um, I will talk about this. One of the biggest changes that I've made is it was January of this year. So January of 2022, I felt a lot of unrest in my heart and my soul. And it was the same sort of unrest that I felt just before I left CTV News. And I know that unrest is my intuition boiling up. And Oprah always used to say it starts with a whisper, and, you know, a whisper in your, in your soul. And then it gets louder and it gets louder and louder. And that's, that's your intuition starting to scream at you. And you can choose to ignore it and it's going to keep at you or you can listen. And I finally chose to listen and I knew what was coming. What had been happening was um, my business had gotten quite busy. I am seeing a lot of events, a lot of coaching, and I was publishing once a week. And it's a lot of time. Plus, we have two children and my husband is very busy. And so I was trying to jam it into my life, like many women and working mothers do. We all do that, but it wasn't making sense to me anymore. And the bottom line is I've gotten to a point in life where I, I said to my husband, I'm not sure if this is the right, right. And I always hesitate to use this word balance because I don't believe in balance. I believe there's harmony in the imbalance. And I said, I don't know if this is right for me anymore. And he said to me, Carrie, why don't you just publish your podcast when you feel called to do so? 
And I was like, whoa, this is big because I come from a mindset, a news mindset. The news happened every night at six o'clock. So when I set up my podcast, I had to publish every Tuesday, no matter what. Those are the parameters I put on myself. And then Stephen said, why don't you just publish when you feel called to do so? And I was like, wow, that makes so much sense to me. And he said, in terms of work, he said, we're in a position where the greatest gift that you could you could give, I think, yourself and give our family is to free up some time that will, if you free up time, it, it, it frees up my time to really focus on our business. So what that meant was I just felt a lot of areas of my life weren't serving me anymore. And even like my workouts, parts of my workouts weren't serving me. And it's like, why do I continue to do this? It's like the definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And so in my life, I decided to make a few hard choices. Number one was I stopped publishing every week because it wasn't serving me anymore. And I was starting to do podcasts that some of them I just felt I was just trying to fill the time slot. And so now I publish every two weeks. That was the first choice. And I'm really happy with that. The second thing that I did is I am, I have now declined all I have MC opportunities. There's only one event that I hung on to and it is international women's day, the women in wealth gala, because I helped create it. And I think it's an important event for women in our city and beyond. So that is the only MC work that I do now and everything else I pass on to other colleagues and said, you know, I've, I've emceed for some 20 years and it's time for me to move on and step out of that spotlight. And, um, I am doing some coaching, but very, very little coaching. So I've dramatically scaled my work back because above and beyond this, the reason that my intuition was screaming at me is I have, we have two children one who's going to be 16 and another one that's going to be 13 this year, actually in a few months and time is zooming by. And the reason I left CTV all those years ago was to spend more time with my kids, but I took that void and I filled it with more work of my own, you know, business. And I finally needed to listen and say, I need to free up my time because as a mom, I need this with my kids. I don't want to miss any more events. I want to drive them to all these places. I and more than anything, I need to be present, present for them. So I have like in our phone, I have a no or in our car or rather there's a no phones rule. They don't get to bring out their phones. And when we're together, we, as a family, we're present. And I made a lot of changes because I can be present now. I'm not always saying, you know, a leg girl come up, mom, can you come and play pepper with me outside volleyball? No, I got to record this podcast or no, I got to do this or no, there's that. I made some conscious choices and Chris, I will tell you this. It was those choices combined were difficult at the beginning because as a working mom, I felt like I was failing. I'm like, am I failing? because so many of us wear our busyness as a badge of honor. And I was just tired of wearing that badge. I thought I can still wear that badge of honor, but it doesn't mean being busy 24 seven. Right now, what serves me is being a mom. And I have a little bit of work on, on the side and that's what makes me happy right now. And also when I can free up my time, it allows my husband to focus more on our company because I'm, I'm with the kids and I'm right where I need to be. So, so a number of big changes and um, I'm really happy about them, really happy.
I mean, that's amazing. And even as you opened up about all the different changes and pivots and realizations, there's so much that I could relate to. Like when you're talking about the, the Facebook group, I had done something similar that I realized was actually during 2020. So January 1st, 2020, I was trying a daily podcast. And I think wow. I actually told you about that when we saw each other at Lululemon, but I was doing a 12 minute sort of solo episode. Yeah. And the thought was that maybe I would grow a bigger audience that way. And at first, that's exactly what it looked like. Like mm -hmm. uh, the listenership quadrupled the first month. I was asking my people on Instagram and clients for maybe different topics to talk about. It forced me to be more introspective because each day I had to think about what my talking piece was. And it kind of forced mm -hmm. me to share more about like my world and my struggles. And I think it got to the point where it was like April or May and the listenership dropped and I just was running out of like steam. Like I didn't have as much yeah. of a full cup to share and I ended it. And I even took all those episodes down to clear up space in all of the different platforms so that people could focus on my solo or my, uh, my guest episodes. Right. And it was such a transformative experience in which I got to witness people needing connection and then people going more inward in where there was just too much stuff happening, too much noise, and they just needed to just kind of like the best way I can describe it is just how so many people essentially cracked open during the year 2020. Like I can uh -huh. speak for myself where like between 2020 and 2021, there was definitely three or four months worth of time where every day, if I wasn't generating enough income, I would control what I would control. I'd have a list of places I was going to apply to work for. I was looking for jobs that were completely out of fitness. I was looking for jobs that used my skills, didn't use my skills, labor mm -hmm. jobs, media jobs, fitness jobs, just speaking jobs, anything I could find. And I got so much rejection during that time but at the same time like if I hadn't had that like persistent effort I wouldn't have uh, really dialed in what I ended up doing in the end and it was just like it's an interesting thing because a person looking at my day-to-day -day life now would be like wow he's so lucky and I'm like I wish you were along for the ride when I thought I'd never be able to be a trainer again or when I was like ready to just give up like I went to counseling for several sessions um and I was at the point where I chose to go to counseling I was on the phone with my older brother and I declined an invite to go see my family like my immediate family because I just wasn't I wasn't well I wasn't feeling ready for people I wasn't feeling ready to talk to people because I was just ready to cry at any given moment mm -hmm. And at that point, he told me maybe I should talk to somebody. And because during that time, I had helped so many other people connect with a mental health specialist, like so many people have had tough, vulnerable conversations that have definitely probably added years or to how old I look and taken years off of my life. But I knew the resources to connect with. And I was able to take that step, that uncomfortable step, and since then have been able to 
give back to that organization as I've gained momentum. I've been able to give back to the community through donations and just advocacy of that everybody should go and find somebody to talk to. Um, but just kind of hearing how you've kind of explored and discovered the importance of like doing the things that matter and how that can involve having like so much opportunities and having to say no to opportunities that are great opportunities. Like I think that's, that's probably Many. the part where a lot of people struggle with because they're like this, I dreamed about this, but then you have to realize like, what, what is the human experience for you? Like what do you need uh -huh. most from this life and how are you going to get that? Not so much everything, but the things that matter most. And that's exactly why I made those choices is, you know, there were many um, opportunities and invitations and will you MC this and will you MC that? And I said, I'd always, you know, release them with gratitude. Thank you so much for thinking of me in this capacity, but I've moved on. I'm mm -hmm. no longer MCing. There's only one event and that's what I will give my time to, but it was just time for me, Chris. And I think, uh, during a lot of, of COVID as well, I turned off the TV. I didn't watch the news. I didn't want to know how many daily cases were, where uh, people were like, were like the daily count in the city made me nuts, nuts. And I know other people that would watch uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw's updates daily. I didn't watch one, not one. I just, I, I would pick and choose what, I needed to read about to serve me. So it'd be like, okay, where are we at here? And I would hop online, go to, you know, news sources that I trusted, read as much as I needed to. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I wouldn't dwell on social media. I wouldn't dwell on the news. I wouldn't dwell on the numbers. It, I, I just... I, I didn't have any capacity or time for that. And I know so many people got swept up into that. And because I could, for some reason, I could see right from the beginning, this is not healthy. It's just not. And the media was inflating things in so many different ways. And I, I know I'm using broad strokes by saying this, but there has to be more context to things that, and different issues that they're bringing to the forefront. And like case in point is, and this is just top of mind, and this is way in left field, but I had a friend of mine who works in news called me up the other day and she knows we spend a lot of time. We've done developments on the big island of Hawaii. She was Carrie, I'm thinking about you. I know you guys are headed there soon. And is your family going to be okay? I mean, there's a the volcano is exploding and I lost it. And I said, the media is inflating this. I said, I'm going to give you perspective right now. Do you know that the active volcano is like, in order to get to it on the big island would be like driving, for those of you who live in Edmonton, from Edmonton to way past Red Deer, to three quarters way to Calgary. That's when you're going to reach that active volcano. Or if you live in the States, it would be like driving from like freaking Spokane to Seattle. Oh, okay, now I'm at the active volcano. So what they were doing by reporting this volcano is with no perspective is they're driving down real estate prices. They're scaring people, you know, to bits. And you, you present facts, but you don't present perspective. And I think that's what um, COVID did. When you start like rattling off numbers in pers perspective to what? 
Okay, so Edmonton is 23 new cases. Can we remind everybody what our population is daily? And maybe like, there's so much more to that story. And I think that, that people who perhaps spent so much time watching the news during that time, it was infecting them, not only affecting them, but those messages were infecting their mental health. And I turned it off. I said, I am done with this. Done. I'm not going to let this infect my mind and my body and my spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very stubborn that way. And like I said, very choosy with what I read and what I what we talked about. And um, we showed up for people and, and those that we knew were affected by it and got COVID. We were a family. Not one of us got it. We did not get it. And um, we really focused on our health during that time. Uh, probably during COVID was the, some of the best shape. Like I exercise daily and uh, we just finished doing this, this challenge, the 75 hard and um, March the 15th was my husband's 40th birthday. Yes. He's a lot younger than me. And we were supposed to leave for like this bucket list trip that we had planned for years and it didn't happen clearly. And March 15th was our end day after 75 days of eating clean to workouts a day, no alcohol, you know, all those things. And then, so we went from that straight into COVID. So it was hard to go from that, not hard, but there was a, after we worked so hard to get there, we couldn't just fall off the bandwagon. So we maintained it during that time and tried to walk outside daily and get fresh air and get sunlight and all of those things. So anyway, I digress about, about this COVID was, like I said, a, a, a time of, of really interesting trends, um, formation, I think for all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of like, I'm very aligned with everything that you shared there. There's a lot of things that I kind of like made as ground rules for just well-being of myself and the people around me. Um, when it came to getting updates, I would just kind of wait until they were posted on the website to just see if I was allowed to operate as a trainer or not and things yes. like that just because that was the way that I was able to kind of protect my well-being because otherwise it would mm-hmm. drag me down. And it's like, nobody can save you as well as you can save you. So I had to keep myself at the best that I could. Yeah. And in my interactions with others, the things that I would focus on, and I would remind people that like media, news, everything, it's, it's a business. Like the way that they pay their people is through engaging people and Sometimes that engagement is great. And sometimes that engagement is through kind of like taking things out of context or perhaps only cherry picking certain, certain things and just like driving up audience to get more advertising dollars. And so I was like, okay, when it comes to your mental well-being, um, despite the fact that good information can come from all kinds of places, you almost have to protect the house and just focus on the things in life that are going well. And so like you do Chris, because what is the bottom line for someone that is watching that daily count every day? My question to them would be, how does that serve you? And what is that doing for you? Is it driving up your anxiety? Is it calming your anxiety? I don't know. Maybe it served them in a way that I don't understand, but watching daily numbers in a city, a metropolitan area, well over a million, if we have 32 new cases, how how does that serve you to know that information? Are you never going to leave your house 
if there's over a hundred or, or like where there parameters, I don't know. And that's why I'm like, these numbers are irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. If suddenly we're seeing like 10,000 new cases a day. Okay. You have my attention now. Now you have my attention. And this is something that we all need to be aware of or, you know, 50,000 new cases a day, but like 36 a day. Why do we need to know that? Or unless it was like 300 new cases all in one um, long-term care area or all in one area of a community. Okay, if it's all in my neighbors and my community, okay. You know, those types of things. But in terms of a daily count, I didn't get that. Absolutely. That, That was just noise. Unhealthy noise that I turned off as quickly as it came on. The, so. the the good part was how it kind of highlighted what is the better alternative. So I'll give you an example of how I've kind of approached many of my days of this year. I'm often reflective of the fact that like most of my work is kind of just like made up. It's not like your conventional work. So mm-hmm. for example, uh, probably 20, 30 years ago, personal training, remote training, getting your fitness through an app, all that stuff wouldn't be a thing. And the work that I do through social media, the work that I do through podcast production, all of that wouldn't necessarily be a thing. And I've had many people tell me that like the stuff that I do for work today is like a pipe dream, go get a conventional job, go just do manual labor, go to university. And so there's not a day that goes by of this year where I don't cap it off by thinking about how grateful I am for things. Because I found by really embracing that attitude, that is what kind of like helps me to get uh-huh. more opportunities. Um, it kind of helps me to really stay humble throughout the process. Like I've learned some of my biggest wins. I celebrate them quietly because sometimes celebrating certain wins loudly causes more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. And I can uh-huh. kind of celebrate specific wins in the public eye. And then other wins can just be for me where it's like, I did it because it's just like, it's kind of like what we talked about with how we can be perceived in the public and how sometimes Mm -hmm. that can be very harsh. Mm -hmm. Like trainers can post social content of them doing an exercise and get like just ripped apart by some trainer they've never met before because of maybe their physique or terms that they used or context in the post. Um, nobody is safe when there's such missing content context on social media. So you kind of have to like get into this mindset of like, you're protecting the house, you're protecting the castle. You're making sure that your human experience is the best case scenario and not concerning yourself so, so much with how you can be perceived by other people because so much context is missing, which has made me really appreciate the podcast medium because we get to, really dive into things more and and bring more Mm -hmm. things to the forefront and people who are missing context can always like follow up with that through like more in-depth conversations and not just like 200 characters or whatever the limits are. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, the context is everything, but also too, through that, you know, what's that judgment issue again, it's how much are you going to let judgment of other people infect you and affect you? And how do you process all of that? And, you know, I have this thought, I have to bring this up to you because I've been ever since, um, you know, seeing you that day, I wanted to say this to you and I think I forgot. One of my most frustrating um, aspects of COVID is to this day, I still do not understand. 
And I think it is such a horrible and such a poor decision by government health officials everywhere that they shut fitness um, facilities down. Fitness is what keeps us healthy. Mm -hmm. And there they are closing gyms left, right, and center without like with, with, with no explanation. And like there were better ways around it and they found ways months down the road. But instead of trying to find ways right off the get go, they just shut it down. And it's like, we need to exercise to keep our immune system healthy. And to, to this day, it's as you can probably tell, it makes me so angry. I never stopped exercising. You know, I was at home outside all the time. I was outside daily walks, like hour minimum, either with her as a family or with my husband or even on my own, whatever it took, we did. But I still, I really hold space for your journey because to this day, I don't understand it. And I really feel badly that you had to go through that. Well, and I've been I, wanting I, to tell you that. Thank you. I had listened to your episode with the girls from uh, Raising, Raise the Bar. The Bar. Um, and I could hear and feel the passion that everybody had mm -hmm. in that. And I was like, I agree. And the one thing that like uh, I took away from it was realizing that like, despite the fact that it was it just was nonsensical like in some it instances it was like avoid like high intensity exercise and so we had this running joke that everybody was going to do the ronnie coleman lightweight just as long as you yeah. say lightweight after your lift like it was still right. not too intense <laughs> and it's just i'm the kind of person who probably thrives best in avoiding conflict so i was just rolling with the punches it's like if you take me out of the knees. I would go make money selling firewood or mowing lawns. Like I hustled so much and that kind of like the lessons that I gained from it made me so much more versatile, like mm -hmm. made me so much more like powerful. It was kind of like yeah. uh, when you have that monster where you chop off the one head and comes back with two, it was like a, how do you like me now moment? Yeah. Um, so despite the, the nonsensical nature of it all, it, it made me the person that a lot of people came to, to start their fitness journey now, because they saw how resourceful I was and where uh -huh. they would have otherwise not gone to a gym or not sought out like a coach or a trainer. Um, yeah. they saw like how important fitness is and how it's not just like a one size fits all and how transformative it could be for their life because so many people had health scares. So many people I know got diagnosed with cancer, lots of death. And it's yeah. a lot of it is because while uh, people's like liquor stores, marijuana stores, they stayed open, the gyms were shut. Yeah. And it's like, right. It, uh, what it What's the juxtaposition me, in that, right? It, it's nuts. It, it taught me that if this was all going to happen again, I'd probably move out into the woods somewhere and, make a barn gym <laughs> people <laughs> helicopter out or something. But, uh, it was very transformative, but it, what I like to hammer home for people, because it's like, we aren't going to have control over everything in our life. Like things like this can happen. And in some places of the world, there's so much stuff that happens that like they didn't choose or they didn't sign up for. And it just is not rational. And it's like how you show up to that challenge however much sense it may make defines you 
And like, it's and if I'm, if I may, Chris, and hop in on that, it's, it's not only how you show up to the challenge. I think one of the bigger issues is how you show up for you. And that goes back to my point of the biggest lesson, one of for sure that I've learned during COVID is to question me, to interview me and say, um, cause you, as you well know, I did a, a solo podcast on my 50th birthday and i talked about the top what 10 or 20 i don't even remember now uh things that i've learned in my life so far and i interviewed me so the question is is how do you show up for yourself and it comes back to the issue that i said is when you're doing something if you're surfing instagram all day and you're not feeling good about it and you find you're feeling low because everyone else's life seems so great and yours is not that great ask yourself how is this serving you how is this serving you? And if it's not serving you, then shut it off. Because that's what I did. You probably notice that you hardly see anything on my professional social media because I just got to a point where I'm so tired of it. So I asked myself, how is this serving me? And I was like, really, it's not. And I'm not in a position where I, I want to grow my business by leaps and bounds. So I'm why am I investing time in this? Because it's not serving me. Now what serves me is my own personal Instagram and that is highly controlled. You know, I only accept people I know and it's because I want to see what they're doing in their family life and how their kids are and how they've grown and changed. That's what I'm interested in, not the other noise. Mm -hmm. I have dialed down the noise when it doesn't serve me. And I, I can give you another example, like in my workouts, I used to lift, 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 heavy, heavy run like cardio until I couldn't do cardio anymore. I would run on that treadmill and I would go outside and go for these runs because inside I thought if I'm not getting my 45 minutes, hour a day, half hour a day of cardio, oh my gosh, I'm a failure or I'm, I'm going to gain weight or I'm whatever. I had it in my mind that I had to have a minimum of 30 minutes a day of cardio. Well, guess what started to be affected was my knees. I'm, I'm lifting heavy, my knees are hurting constant, constant, constant. And I find out I have these bone spurs in them and I'm thinking it's arthritis. And finally, one of my trainers said to me, I looked at me and she goes, when are you gonna realize that this type of workout doesn't serve you? And I was like, what? She was like, why are you pounding it out on the treadmill every day? Maybe it just doesn't serve you and your knees anymore. And it was at that point, it was over three years ago now that I integrated Pilates into my uh, workout. And now I do Pilates four days a week. Guess what, Chris? I don't have any more knee pain. I run 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there to warm up for workouts. I do Pilates usually three to four days a week. I lift much lighter, but my trainer knows when I have to do some heavier stuff for bone density, two days a week. And I run long runs zero days a week. What I now do is I power walk. And when I walk, I walk with purpose. So I go to the dog park and I take my dog for a walk every single day for an hour. And that serves me. I have never in my life felt better. My body has never responded because it serves me. I cut out the crap that wasn't serving me. And I'm now focused on things that do serve me and I don't care what anyone else thinks. I don't care that I'm not a runner. I'm sorry I can't join in in the half marathons or marathons anymore. That ship has sailed and I'm grateful for the time that I had. 
I just released that with gratitude. I'm grateful for the experiences. I'm grateful I was able to be a runner for a while, but it doesn't serve me anymore. So I don't do it. I love that. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that stumble across this podcast that are going to hear that part and is going to almost give them the inspiration to take similar paths where they are kind of just life happens in seasons and sagas. And we just have to learn that maybe it's time to transition to the next season. And it doesn't mean that we can't be fulfilled or accomplished or validated. It just means that life is taking a different path and we have to capitalize on it and make the most of it. And in doing so, Chris, the biggest key is giving yourself permission to do it. So much of that we deny. It's the same as, as a, a grief journey or a mental health journey. You know, we deny, deny, deny. People can, like I've walked the grief journey twice, losing my mom and my dad in the span of two years. And the most powerful thing I did for me was give myself permission to grieve. Give myself permission that it's okay not to be okay. Give myself permission that if I don't show up today for myself the way I normally do, it's okay. Maybe today is just going to be a day where I light a candle and I do some writing and just reflect. And if I have, if I'm able to do that in that day, then I'm going to give myself permission. But so much of my mindset for so many years was achieve, achieve, excel, excel, push, 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 push. And then all of a sudden, grief came along and just blew my mind and swept me off my feet. And I'm laying there almost like begging for mercy going, now what? And I remember saying to my brother, I think there's something wrong with me. This was three months after my mom passed. And he goes, I know exactly what's wrong with you. And I leaned in for the diagnosis. And I go, what is it? And he goes, this is what grief feels like, Carrie. Give yourself permission to grieve. And it's the same as in other areas of your life. Give yourself permission to walk a different path because the one you're on right now doesn't serve you anymore. Give yourself permission to change. Give yourself permission to let go of things or people that no longer serve you. I think that's a perfect segue for this final piece that I was going to talk about as we're wrapping up the podcast for today. So on our previous episode back May in 2019, we talked about goals, setting goals and timelines. And mm -hmm. as I was preparing for this, I was like, you know, I have a feeling that just like I've changed a lot of my goals and my trajectory, like perhaps Carrie will have had a new lens on life and will have had some changes as well. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, I think your goal was to be speaking on a sold out stage in Vegas and it would have been five yeah. years from the time when we recorded. Do you still feel that same calling or has your goal changed? The goal happened. It happened. Yeah, I did. I, I did go to Vegas for work and there was more than 5,000 people there and I checked that box. Nailed so, it. Yeah. So that one, that one has happened already, but my goal right now is very simple, Chris. It's, it's, it's changed dramatically. It's just to be present, to be present at all times, to shut off the noise, to be present for my kids, to be present for my husband and to be present for life. So much of life passes us by because we're looking down at a screen. Your kids are talking, it's noise because you're looking down at your screen. You're on a trip to Europe and you're on a train and you miss the countryside because you're looking down at the screen. 
you know, something's happening on a plane and, and, and you miss what's going on around you because you're looking down at your screen. Look up, mm -hmm. be present, take in the conversations around the table. You know, so often a ding will go off on the table and it's, everyone's like, how long before I can grab my, my phone and see who that, that text is from? Turn off your ringers at, at, at when you're having dinner parties or when you're with groups. I do it all the time. And I feel so much, I'm present for all the conversations now. I'm not distracted by the phone. You know, my kids used to say to me, mom, mom, did you hear that? Did you? Yeah, yeah, just a second. Because all that mattered was what was on that screen. Actually, all that matters is what you see in front of you, your kids, your partner, your family, life that's happening right in front of it. Be present. And that's what it is for me, is to just be present and to soak up life. Not soak up the screen, soak up life. Absolutely. And I completely stand by that. There's been so many things that I've done to curate my feed and really prioritize time with people. But to keep us on track for time, we are going to close off our episode for today. But I will say it's very likely that uh, you'll at least receive an invitation for a follow-up episode down the road. But thank you so much for <laughs> joining me today. Oh, Chris, the gift is mine. Thank you so much for the change that you are creating in our world through your conversations and through your examples and through the empowerment that you put out there. Those those connections are life-changing. I appreciate you for that. Thank you.